Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. This, this morning, this sense of God's goodness. But have you ever had that thing of kind of expectation versus reality? When you, when you expect something to be awesome and the reality is, is not so much. Um, we've just had two weeks in America, which was, which was fantastic. It was like the epicest, epicest, that's a word I don't know, uh, holiday ever. We went to Disneyland, we did all the crazy stuff with the kids and it was, was heaps of fun. But there was, there was, there was one moment on uh, Hollywood Boulevard uh, which was interesting because, you know, you go to Hollywood Boulevard and you're expecting, you know, red carpet, glitz and glamour, Hollywood movie stars, uh, that it's all going to be... Uh, you're letting us be light there, Steve. He's freaking people out. Uh, you're kind of expecting this, this glitz and glamour and, and everything to be amazing. And uh, Hollywood. And, and you get there and it's actually pretty dirty and pretty scruffy. Uh, and there's uh, a lot of homeless people. And uh, let me tell you that their weed reform laws are probably not helping them right now. There was a lot, there was a lot of uh, sit in the air around Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty pretty sad, to be honest. It was really sad. And anyway, we're walking along Hollywood Boulevard. And we've just been to Subway, as you do, and Meatball Subway. And then Finn, uh, my little guy, he's his dad on... I feel a bit sick, and uh, and uh, the next minute, next minute, we got vomit going everywhere on Hollywood Boulevard, and it's just like you know one of those things going, oh man, and and I go walk away, walk away, <laughs> walk away, just keep walking, just keep walking, and, and Priscilla's going, clean, you've got to clean it up, and I'm going, clean up. <laughs> so I'm going into the little I don't know little eating place there, I'm grabbing napkins, I'm going, and there I am on my hands and knees. Cleaning up Vobbit on Hollywood Boulevard, and, and that was that was reality versus my expectation <laughs> of, of, of you know what, what you're stepping into. I was kind of like, what am I doing here on my hands and knees? Cleaning up, it was horrible, and my iPad has just turned off. So here we go. We're back. No, we're not back. Hang on. Put the thumb of power. Awesome. We are back. So that, that, that was it, the uh, cleaning up vomit. And sometimes there's that, that large gap between expectation and reality. And, and I think that sometimes faith is like that, right? That we, we position ourselves in this place of faith with future like expectation and hope. And, and it's a good place to be in faith, right? We want As a church, we want to be in the, that place of faith where anything can happen, that God can do anything. Amazing stuff. And as soon as you pray that prayer, as soon as you step out of the boat and position yourself in that, you also open yourself up to a whole big lump of disappointment, you know? And it's brilliant when it works out and when God comes through. And we like to tell those stories, don't we? Come on. We, we, come on, those stories of faith when God turned up and, man, and it all, all happened. But what about the times when it doesn't happen? And it turns to custard, or it turns to a whole pile of vomit on the footpath. You know, those moments when we end up in that placement, and, and it, it challenges our ability to trust in God, right? Who's had some of those moments in life where you've believed God, something you've prayed for, you've, you know, you felt like God's spoken, you go, ah, why? 
Why are we in that place? And I love this little quote from Mark Kelsey, who's one of the great leaders in the C3 movement. He, he, he said this, that faith is holding on and trust is letting go. Faith is holding on and trust is letting go. And having that ability to know when to hold on and then know when to let go. Because you know, there's times, man, we need to hold on to things, right? We just stand, believe, be in faith. And then there are times we... Let it go. And obviously, we're talking about let it go this morning. But I want to take you to key scripture this morning to kind of illustrate this. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5 or iPads or phones or whatever, and it'll also come up on the screen. A little story with Jesus. So verse 21, Mark chapter 5, it says, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Faith, expectation, come on, belief. Jesus went with him. You imagine the dad, Jairus, I've got Jesus on my side. He's coming to my house. It's going to be good. I've got Jesus. It's going to be all right. We go on with the next verse. It says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. She heard about Jesus. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body that she'd be freed from her suffering. And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who, who touched my clothes? And you, you see the people crowding around you as disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with her, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from suffering. It's a brilliant story of faith, of healing, of reaching out and holding on. See, faith is holding on. And we've got to find those moments when we need to reach out, take hold of Jesus, fight through the crowd, get through. And, and that's a great preach, right? That's a good preach. And she places herself. And, and Jesus commends her for her faith. Your daughter, your faith has healed you. But in this series today, we're talking about let it go, Right? So we're going to let that part of the story go. And look at what happens when you don't get what you want. So we're going to go to verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? This is a hard one, right? When someone else gets the miracle that you are after, right? You know, he could have thought, man, I got to Jesus first. He was on his way to my house. Then this woman, this woman, woman, she sneaks up through the crowd, steals my miracle. She jumped the queue. She pushed in. Now my daughter's dead. Have you ever had someone like feel like they've stolen your miracle? 
You know, like when you're trying to get pregnant, not me, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, when you're trying to get that happening and everybody else gets pregnant, even people who don't want to get pregnant, they're all pregnant. And it's like, ah! Or, you know, when you, when you, the job that you're going after and everything like that, and then someone else gets the job or, you know, that position or all those things. When, you, when you're believing and praying for, you know, you're praying for a house or something, and you go to the auction and, oh, man. And, and it seems you've been praying and believing for it and someone else sneaks in on you, and you're kind of going, you're excited, you're kind of excited for the other person, you know, bless you, fantastic, but inside you're going, God, you said you were coming with me, you promised me, and someone's stuck on, on you, and, and for Jairus, he, he said, you know, he could have gone, don't you know who I am? I'm one of the leaders of the synagogue, I've been doing the right stuff, I've been working hard for you, God, I've done uh, doesn't that count for anything these days? Anyone felt those ones sometimes? Mm-hmm. No, just me, okay. <laughs> it's just like, you know. But I think we make a mistake when we think that the power of God is limited. We make a mistake when you think if that piece of the pie goes to that other person, then the blessing of God is not enough to go around. No, God's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. It's more than enough to go around. But it's that thing when, when, when kind of like our expectation and our reality don't, match up and and we get that why bother the teacher anymore anyone got to that stage where you go why bother how come this person gets healed that happens and you go to this place of why bother what a waste of time why turn up to church why pray why ask why call on the name of jesus if he ain't going to turn up when he's supposed to. Anyone felt like that? It's the disappointment stage. And, and this is the stage where I've seen so many people fall out of church. You know, when they don't get what they expect or when the expectation, the reality doesn't match up. And I understand that. Let me tell you, I understand that. When you feel like you've missed out on what has been promised to you, why call on a God who doesn't answer who doesn't turn up when needed, and there's this place of a crisis of faith. And one of the things I've said around this church, and one of the things I want us as a, as a people, as a group, as a congregation, whatever we are, church, that we would be more in love with Jesus in 20 years' time, that we would not end up cynical and shriveled up and, God, where are you? But something inside of us would allow us to be in this place of faith still in 20 years' time. And what I've seen is it's these moments that take people out. These moments which end up us being, getting shriveled and cynical. These are the moments. And my pastoral heart wishes that I could protect you from them. But what I've worked out is that I can't. That we all go through these situations, some to different degrees than others, but we all face moments where we go, Jesus, where were you? You were supposed to turn up. Here's Jairus and, 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 and his 12-year-old daughter, you know, losing a child when someone passes away too soon is one of the hardest losses to walk through. I'm very conscious, my friend Annie over here who lost her son just recently. You know, my friend, friend Georgia, <laughs> my daughter, we lost a friend at school who just passed away in the middle of the night just a few weeks ago. And the hardest funerals, 
when someone goes before they are supposed to. See, because faith changes at this point, right? It shifts at this point because it shifts from faith and it has to shift from that place of faith to a place of trust. See, because trust is letting go. Trust is when, when you find that you have no control over the outcome, when all is lost, when you go, ah, man, I don't understand. I certainly don't understand right now. I can't see. I feel like I'm falling. I'm, I'm really hurt, but yet I choose to trust. Actually, I've got a little video <laughs> to shift the mood. Let's play this little video on trust. Is that trust? <laughs> How many feel like that sometimes? You go, just trust, it'll be good. And you find yourself flat on, the fa- on your face, go, oh my goodness. <laughs> Come on. That ability to trust, ability to let it go. And... Uh, the ability to trust when it doesn't even look good. That, that, that's a different kind of faith, right? And, and when it sucks, and to be honest, it's not good. That ability to trust is totally different. And, and how we handle disappointment when it's, when it's not resolved, when you don't have the answers, when reality doesn't meet expectation of what you hoped and dreamed for, it, it forces you to have a different faith, a faith in an eternal God who sees the beginning from the end. And when your discomfort and pain is not miraculously and instantaneously removed, we have to trust God and let it go. We have to have this ability to go, God, I don't understand. I don't get this. I don't know why. But yet, somehow, I put my faith and I put my trust in you. Otherwise, we end up with a God who's the convenience God, a God who's an ATM machine, a God who instant blessing. And I will serve and I will love you, God, as long as you do what I ask you to do. And so often we, we, we try and create a God. He's almost like Santa who's going to turn up at the right time with the toys. I love this little quote from Bob Dylan, one of the great... Uh, Preachers of the world, <laughs> Bob Dylan, from his album Slow Train Coming, he, he said this, Do you ever wonder what God requires? You think he's just an errand boy to satisfy your wandering desires. Ooh. And, and we can turn God into this errand boy figure who will run around and provide for us for what we think we need. But we've got to have a theology which handles disappointment. We have to have a theology 
of the now but the not yet. That we live on this planet where it's not perfect and we live now where we see heaven break through at times. But the fullness of the kingdom of God is not until we get to heaven. And we have these moments where we don't see or we don't get what we rarely would love to. What do you need to let go of? See, what is that thing which has gone into your heart, that disappointment which has caused you to lose faith? That thing that didn't work out which you're still grieving for. And grief is okay. Let's say that right up here. It's an important part of the process. But there comes a time where we have to let it go and stop holding on to it where we take it and we put it back in the Father's hands and trust that he knows best what to do with it. You know, people can hurt us. Past experiences, dare I say it, church experiences. And we don't always get it right in church life. People don't get things right, right across this planet. Things happen, and I know that. But we have got to have that ability to let it go. You know, I love what Ben was saying, you know, with his father, that, that time you come saying, okay, it's time. I actually have to move on and shift on and not let this thing affect me. I love this little verse that's talking about not taking revenge, but the message version says this. It says, Romans 12 verse 19 says, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting evening. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. And that ability to give stuff to God and say, God, I place this in your hands and trust you that you will take care of it, that let it go. Let me uh, finish the story. And in some ways I'm reluctant to finish the story because I know so often we're sitting in that gap of expectation and reality. But I also want to preach the end of this because it's a good story. And part of it's not too late. Overhearing what they had said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid. See, understandably, we immediately go to fear, right? When, when, when things aren't working out, we, we go to that place of fear. Oh, it's custard, it's vomit, it's bad. And faith evaporates. But Jesus calls us back to faith, hope. He says, come on. Just believe. And if I can say anything to you as your pastor this morning is, come on, believe, believe, just believe. Go to that place of faith, that hope would arise within you this morning, that would shift out of that place of disappointment and go, ah, man, to go, come on, no, God's a good God, I can trust him. I can put my hope and my faith in him. He loves me. He's got plans for my life. The goodness of God is with me. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying, wailing loudly. He went and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. Jesus laughed. Come on. After he had put them all out, he took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in there where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Guam, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely 
astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. See, we think it's over, but it's not over. That lady has not sung yet. She's there. <laughs> Come on. She's left the building. Elvis has not left the building. We're still in this moment of faith and expectation. It's not too late. And I, I believe that someone needs to hear that this morning, that it's not too late. That you've almost even walked into church this morning thinking it's too late. And it's going, ah, oh, it's over. But no, let me tell you this morning, God would say to you this morning, it is not too late. God has this incredible way of restoring, of bringing the dead to life, and we've got to be those people of faith and hope. Amen? Amen. You may think your ministry's over. You may think that the situation's over. You may think your marriage is custard. You may think that things are never going to happen. Can I tell you this morning, it is not too late. It is not too late. Let me finish with a story. This is a story of Jimmy, which my grandfather used to tell. Okay? A sailor's boy's mother, this is an old World War story. A sailor's boy's mother stood at the door of her cottage when she saw a sailor coming down the street. He approached her and asked, Are you Mrs. Brown? Yes, said the old grey-haired mother. Then I have some bad news for you. Your boy Jimmy has been drowned at sea. For some moments, neither could speak. Then stifling back her sobs, Mrs. Brown said, Tell me. How did he die? I'd rather not, said the sailor. But you must, she said. After he refused, but she persisted, and at last, in a broken voice, he said, he went down cursing God. The poor mother shrunk back as if she had been struck, but she said, even after what you've told me, I believe that God has saved him, even if the Lord had to meet him under the wave. Six months passed, and she still prayed and believed. Her son Jimmy had been a grief to his old mother. She had brought him up to go to church and Sunday school, but in later years he'd got in with the wrong crowd and had become a hard drinker and swearer. Then, on Christmas Eve, she received a letter. The writing on the envelope seemed familiar. She tore it open and read it feverishly. Dear Mother, I am alive and I'm coming home. Praise God, he has saved both my body and my soul. See you soon. We'll tell you about it later. Your loving son, Jimmy. Days later, a knock came on the door and on the threshold. What a meeting took place between the old mother and her long-lost son. When the first glad greetings were over, Jim Brown told him, told how it was that he was still alive. He said, when almost drowned, he had clutched to a floating spar and clinging to it, he, after many hours, managed to swim to land. He had been found by a fisherman who had carried him to his cottage. For weeks he had lain in the point of death and when he recovered, he was too weak to attempt the long walk home. Finally, after earning some money by fishing, he managed to work his way back. But Jimmy, said his mother, how was it that you came to know Christ as your saviour? Mother, he replied, the Lord met me under the wave. She startled as she heard the words that she herself had used. He continued, it seemed to me like my whole sinful life flashed before me. So I just cried out to the Lord, save me. And he did. I think it's never too late. We sometimes wonder. I know last year we had Ian McCormick, the guy, jellyfish guy who came and shared. And I had um, lunch with him afterwards. And he was telling me that as he was going through the, that death, thing, that, that thing was real, that where time slows down 
everything slows down and you see your life going before you. And what he said to me, which I, I found really fascinating, he said that God loves people so much and his heart for people is so incredible that he slows down times and gives people that opportunity to make a decision. And he said, that's what happened for me, that God met me in that moment and that is never too late. There is hope. In 2 Peter 3 verse 9 it says, the Lord is not slow. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Who thinks God's slow sometimes? Man, we think God's slow sometimes. But the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen? Thank God for praying mums. Lord, pray for us. Believe for us. Stand with us. Maybe we could have the band back. would be awesome. Thanks, guys. See, this thing of faith and love it, it, it opens us up disappointment. It opens up to who, who knows if you love something and it opens you up. But let's not stop loving. Let's not stop putting ourselves in that position that we would be people of faith, hope and love and that we would place our trust in, in a good God. Maybe we just stand. Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you that you're here this morning. Lord, that you're a good God who loves us. Lord, so often, Lord, we tell the stories of the miracles and, and, and we love that. Holy Spirit, but I also know there's lots of people who who's also stand in a place or wonder where you are, if you're coming, if you're going to turn up. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that even this morning, Lord, your presence, Lord, your power, your goodness would be in this place. Maybe this morning you're away from God. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or put your hands in his. Maybe you have questions and doubts and maybe you don't understand it all. And that, that's absolutely okay. I don't understand it all either. But there comes a point where you've got to say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I'm going to try and serve you. I'm going to try and do this thing. Maybe you just need to do that this morning and shift yourself into that place of trust. Maybe just repeat these words after Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Trust you. Shift back into faith. 